In this episode, find out two little utilized strategies that can help take you to a six to seven figure business. Also find out why a pre-med student on a path to a career in medicine dropped everything, including a promising modeling career to go into private label. Say what? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. My name is Bradley. I'll be your host today, as I am every episode, actually. And with me, I have a different guest. So you're always stuck with me, but every week, at least I have somebody different. And today, I've got somebody in person. I'm looking at her right now because usually I do these virtually, but she lives near us. So she actually came in. I met her at the SellerCon convention or conference. Karina, how's it going, Karina? Hello, it is going amazing. How are you? I'm doing just delightful. So I really wanted to reach out to you because I've been watching what you've been doing on YouTube. You know, you were actually one of our affiliates before, but I had not met you in person until the conference. So let's talk a little bit about your your background. First of all, you actually did you you went to did you go to high school here in the United States? Yes. So I'm actually born in Russia. So I lived there till I was about eight. And then I moved to the USA. I went to high school, went to UCI here for biology. So, you know, very familiar with the local school over here. So, okay. So UCI, are, is that anteaters? Or yes. What? So you're an anteater <laughs> yes, as your, an your an mascot there. And okay. that's University of California, Irvine, for those of you who don't know the abbreviations. Okay. <laughs> so as an anteater, you studied biology. <laughs> hey, that makes a, a little bit of sense right there. So you got a bachelor's then in, in biology? Yes. Bachelor's of science in biology. Okay. So what, I mean, when you first started that, you know, graduating high school, you're like, hey, I'm going to major in biology. What were your career goals at that time? Much different than they are now, but mm-hmm. kind of the same concept. So I always enjoyed learning and kind of progressing. And I wanted to do a fulfilling profession that would also help a lot of people. So my initial goal was to, you know, be have a comfortable life, to be able to travel and to be able to do good for others. So I was really on the path to doing Doctors Without Borders. And at the same time, science is very powerful. So I was going to go to med school, continue my knowledge there. And that was my reasoning behind going for biology and then pre-med. Okay. Oh, so you did, you did go pre-med as well? Even I or? was all pre-med. Yes. Wow. And I worked at a hospital that was my old nine to five, as well as, I mean, we can go on. I like mm-hmm. long, long story, tried different things. I was also signed to a modeling agency simultaneously. While you were in college, you were doing modeling as well. Yes. And especially more, more so afterwards okay. when in the process of, I had a gap year. So in the process of wanting to apply to med school and working at the hospital, I was also signed to an agency in LA, which okay. is local here too, as well. Excellent. Excellent. So was that, how, I mean, how was that for you? Did, did you make enough money doing that or, or was it fun? Was it not fun? Did, did you like have second guesses about hmm, maybe I'll be a model full-time instead of pursuing the. Um, well, I didn't think I wanted to be a model full-time. It was kind of something that I've wanted to do and I've done it a little bit through my college and high school, but more serious when I got signed and long-term. Um, but my goal was always to, do something more fulfilling and more long-term. So it was always going to be medicine. Mm -hmm. But then that changed um, when I, I was working at a a hospital as a trauma one center and with surgeons. And I realized their lifestyle was nothing that I wanted. And I commend them immensely for all the things that they do, but it's just such a different expectation that I had. And I realized that basically 80% of the things I wanted to do, I wouldn't get out of that profession. And that's how I kind of came into this entrepreneurship 
Were you Amazon. freaking out? Like when you came to that realization, I mean, cause you had already spent all this money on college or all this time. And you're like, Oh my God, what have I done? What did you like, have a moment <laughs> like that? Or how was no, it? Actually, I really enjoyed my college experience. I also worked at a lab for Alzheimer's. So I did a lot of like dissections and a lot of just really fancy schmancy lab stuff. And I really, really enjoyed the learning process. I'm the type of person that enjoys the process of things. So I didn't regret it. And I learned a lot and I think it helped me develop other skills, which in turn helped me with Amazon as well. But I started to realize more so when I started to get around the people that were in the actual setting, like this is what my life is going to be mm-hmm. in the next two to four years. And I imagined going through school for that long. And I said, okay, so- something's off here. Something is really, really off. And I need to change this ASAP. Okay. So what, what year is this when you came to that realization? Uh, two years ago, about. So like 2017 around, around there. Yeah. Something. And then, there. so did you try anything else before or like, what was the process? Like, how did you end up to the point where like, Hey, let me try this Amazon thing. Well, actually there was no, let me try this Amazon thing. It was more of getting knowledge online. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the YouTube black hole leads you to things. I was trying to look up a video of something completely irrelevant and random and somehow private label Amazon FBA came up and instantly it's, it was like a light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, this is it. Why am I not doing this? Same night I found it, binge watched videos all night till like 4am, got into a course, literally executed within those few months and it's history ever since. So that was, that was like towards the end of 2017? Maybe? Yeah. So my first product launched in a, a little bit over a year ago, April of um, 2018. Okay. So um, I started sourcing my products during the amazing Chinese new year. So that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I had a, mm-hmm. that excruciating month of time gap, but are you still selling your first product? Yes, actually wow, that's, that's the one I had. Uh, well, I launched two products at the same time, actually. And the one that I thought was going to be, Oh my gosh, the numbers were there. The revenue, it looked amazing. Didn't go so well. And the second one I launched as a, ah, why not? I'll just do it. Actually turned out into a full blown brand right now that I'm still continuing to sell and dominating in the whole entire market. So how much did you have to invest in a, like normally people, you know, maybe only have enough to you know invest in one product, but you did two. So like what kind of cash did you have to have up front to be able to start with two products at once? I honestly, when I, when people ask me this question, I feel like it could be a little bit misleading because it all depends on the units you order, your launch strategy, mm-hmm. the product, the weight. My first product was maybe two or three times more expensive than my second one. So launching the second one was a lot less cost. Okay. Uh, yeah. Way less cost. And so that, that was that. So was that, I mean, but, are we talking like $20,000? No, no, or no. Th- the first one, I think it was under $5,000, maybe like. I don't know, around four. Okay. Given all. Yeah. And then the second one was significantly less than that. And I ordered a small MOQ too. With my first mistake with the first product is I ordered too many units. And then that was kind of, um, well, something fortunate happened with me actually with Amazon lost all my inventory of my failed products. So they gave me a refund, which was nice. So I well, got- hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So from your first shipment, they lost everything or like you started selling and then. Yeah. So I started selling. I thought it was going to go so well. I had this perfect listing. I had this strategy and it didn't do so well. Um, PPC was expensive. It just wasn't working out. And then I said, okay, so I guess I'll just take the loss. It's not really selling. I I lowered it to break even, but you know how it goes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, just randomly, Amazon lost all my inventory. So they had to reimburse me for it. So I think I even made money on Oh my on goodness. that product. 
That is great. So like, well, that was a blessing in it was uh, disguise. Cool blessing. disguise right <laughs> All right. So what, what was your launch strategy on, on those products? Uh, actually PPC. So I, I launched with PPC only and I did really, really well, especially for my second product. The first product, the biggest mistake was, um, I was the first time seller. I didn't really know as much as I do now. And looking back now, I can spot an oversaturated market from like 50 miles away. And mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was something where new sellers kept getting put on every few weeks because everyone was doing a me too product and my bundle wasn't enough. My amazing listing. So I thought wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't make that mistake again. So like from day one, you you mentioned how you've built kind of a brand off of this from day one. Was that your goal? Like, Hey, I I'm going to make a brand. I'm going to make social media for this. I want to build a following. Or was it kind of something that just kind of like happened because it did so well? Well, people really stress the importance of branding and I totally get it. But as a new time seller and someone that's trying something out for the first time, I think people should just stress a little bit less on that. I think they should do something that they see progress in that gives me, it gives them a little bit of motivation. And then from there, go on and see how it goes. Because in the end, it's just a product, right? If you want to kill it, you can kill it. You can find a new one. There are so many opportunities within Amazon. And if you really, if your goal is to build a brand, I believe you can find a market that you can build a brand in. But I never thought about building a brand. I heard it and I knew about it. But in the long run, too, I saw the potential of it becoming a brand. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. But then when it started selling well and when I studied the market even more so and keywords, I really saw how I could take up more real estate in Amazon. And then that's when I um, started branching out in the same categories and building it to an actual brand. OK, so how many were all your subsequent product launches all from the same brand that 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 second of that second product that you had? launched? A lot of them were, um, but I also ventured onto other brands since then. And I'm looking to build other ones. I have another Amazon seller account now, so I'm building a brand within that. Um, I just like to, when I find a good product and not just some, I don't like to go after like rinky dinky products. I really like, um, products that could be packaged as premium and bundled and really add a lot of value to the customer and something where I see the market has not very strong listing. So I really Mm -hmm. like to be creative on the listing side as well. And when I see that, that's gold to me. And I know I could build a brand out on that, but I just really enjoy it. I enjoy launching products in a similar industry and actually building brands as opposed to having random products. So, um, yeah, I'm just building out different ones. So what do you do to help? I mean, cause you know, technically somebody could just say, oh yeah, you know, I, I have five products and I made it the same brand. I'm building a brand, but you know, I'm assuming that you do a little bit more. So like, what kind of things have you done to kind of take that next step to, to really build your, your brand awareness out there? Uh, well, yeah, of course, all of them have to be if it's a brand uh, in the same niche. Right. So it's actually very, very helpful because you have similar customers. So I really like using um, Facebook, ManyChat, um, email autoresponders. I have even though um, Amazon doesn't give you people's emails addresses, they do give you the first name, the last name and the address. And from that, you can take it into Facebook, use ManyChat, use targeted ads, make lookalikes from them to get more audiences. and then also. Uh, a thing I love to do too is to help the launches of other products is the email autoresponders kind of have the people tagged. So you're allowed to send a mass email to everyone, even though you technically don't own the email. So I like to blast them with emails that go through Amazon. And when I have a new product out. Okay. So you never got in trouble. Like Amazon never said, Hey, that we don't like you emailing everybody. Cause sometimes Amazon is so like picky with when and who you email, but I haven't gotten anything, but again, I don't make my email spammy or anything against mm-hmm. TOS. 
Never take them outside of Amazon yeah, I never and stuff take like them. that. Okay. Not, yeah, especially not with Amazon having direct eyes on you. That's just yeah. too dangerous and I'm not risking okay. that. <laughs> All right. So how many SKUs total now are you selling uh, about? It's about? I think about seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a projection, like how much money you think you might gross this, this year, 2019? Uh, my goal is I'm seriously really focusing on scaling. So mm -hmm. I, I grew kind of fast in the first few months. I got to six figures pretty fast. And then ever since then, um, increased that mark, but I'm really trying to get to seven figures. And the thing that's been holding me back, it's not even the knowledge of Amazon. I really think it's outsourcing and I've taken major advantage of that over the past few months. And I have noticed so much, I mean, so much weight lifted off my shoulders with actually hiring people to help me out with things that local or uh, like, are you going VAs, to VAs, VAs? Yeah, it's just, it's so much help, honestly. And I think everyone says this and you never really understand it until you do it yourself. You should do it earlier than you think you should do it because it is worth every single penny and more. I just want to give everyone raises already because it is hmm. helping me so much. What kind of things do you, did you outsource them? Um, so I first, I, I know I have a YouTube channel as well. So mm -hmm. I was editing, it's called into a Millie. So it's like my name into a Millie. Um, and then they're editing all my videos for me. So I got a really, really good graphics designer because, um, that is a huge component of Amazon. Amazon is all visual. That's the only way that people really get to see what they're buying is by what they're seeing. And before I would have to go through so many freelancers of graphic designers to kind of construct a listing, make 3D render things for me, combine pictures if it's a bundle, package designing. I'm super, super cautious about the way I design my packages. But then it would just be a headache. I would have to be outsourcing a new person every single time or mm -hmm. somebody that wasn't good. And now I found a person that is just an expert at what they do. And literally within like one text message, I tell them what to do. They work on it. I it's direct communication. And, um, she just basically the number one thing, um, that I had trouble with it is the actual like this graphic design part of it, but she also does other things for me. Like, um, basically all creative aspects with my heavy guidance, of course. Um, and then other Am Amazon tasks. I also have someone that helps me with the Amazon side of things, like just monitoring my listings. And um, I have her talk to customers through like my uh, mini chats, just more. I have a visual person. And then I also have someone that does like more the techie Amazon things. I don't give away too many tasks yet. I'm still supervising because I want it to go really smoothly, mm -hmm. but it is very, very helpful. It does take a lot of pressure out of me so I can focus on doing other things. Okay. And what, what else do you think you do that maybe might be unique? I mean, VAs is something that you would think that, Oh yeah, everybody does VAs, but actually the actuality, very few people outsource what are some other maybe unique strategies or things that that you've done that that really have helped you get you know to six figures so fast and really on the way to seven figures like what what are some things that maybe you can share with us when it comes down to it i don't really think you have to go too unique i think knowing the basics is very very important and that is where most people mess up so i get a lot of messages and on instagram of people saying can you take a look at my product why am i not getting sales and the two biggest mistakes they make is a, their listing isn't the main picture doesn't look nearly as good as it should. And B, what do you mean? Let, let's stop there for a second. Let's talk about that because mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. I don't, I don't think enough people talk about that. So what do you like makes a main image good versus bad? Mm -hmm. I think over time you really have to develop that third sense. It's sometimes you just look at something and it just looks off. I'm not saying it looks bad. It could be passable, but people tend to think that their image looks a lot better than it actually does. And when you compare it to the overall market, it looks exactly like everyone else. 
or it doesn't look up to par or it looks too simple. I am really big into 3D rendering and just making it look. I prefer not even having photography done, but actually having like a rendered version of it with a really talented graphics artist. So either just get someone that's really talented to do it. Make sure it's super optimized on when the little box that Amazon gives you fills up every single corner as you can. Mm -hmm. And just, you have to get really creative and reposition things in very creative ways. And I don't think that's something that you're born with. It's like, you just have to look at enough pictures to understand that you can do a lot better. And sometimes there are markets that have crazy numbers, but the, not a single listing is amazing. There's not mm -hmm. a good one single seller. So, I mean, enter those markets. That's so 3D, what 3D images. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that's, that's good advice. Um, you know, I mean, obviously some, some markets or some kind of products, you know, 3D wouldn't work, but in many, it, it makes something look a lot better. So what was uh, the other thing you said that uh, other than images that you think uh, sellers are making mistake? Of? Um, keyword. So, uh, yeah, I was saying, so, um, it's, it's going back to the basics. So the, the having and knowing your main keyword and Helium 10 really helps out with that. A lot of people guess what it is and that's a mistake. Um, and then another thing, they enter something super niche specific and they think that's their main keyword. So they find a lot, a lot of sellers run the extension, see that they're selling really well and assume that it's coming from a really niche keyword and they try to target it. They put it in their title, but in reality, there's a larger keyword that's contributing to all the sales that all the sellers they're looking at are actually getting their sales from that main bigger keyword. And people don't understand that. For example, somebody would send me like a, a gold picture frame and say, I'm not getting sales for this. And I'm like, okay, first off, your listing is not that great. The main image. And second off, the main keyword is actually picture frame. It just so happens that some of the sellers are gold picture frames and people are buying it, but they're mm -hmm. ranking for the bigger keyword. And if you just go after gold, it doesn't have as many search searches and then they're not getting any sales. Okay. All right. So keywords and images are, are two very important things. Do you have any unique like PPC strategies? Your launch, did you say your launch technique was strictly through PPC? Yes. So like what, what did that, what does that consist of? Like how do you launch just with, with PPC? Um, it's basically ignoring ACOS and mm -hmm. targeting exact match phrases. So I go really heavy on PPC. I find out the main keywords. I exact match them go heavy bit on them, try to get to the um, sponsor to the top of the page for the main keyword and other keywords. And then I just do um, manual keywords too. I just try to get as much many sales through PPC as possible. And can I just point this out that this is also very relative to the market you're getting to. This does not work for every single market, mm -hmm. um, especially if there's competitive markets that you need to do giveaways or some other strategies. But I tend to go for markets that I'm not trying to compete with the big brands with the big sharks out there. I am not saying I also go for the lower hanging markets, but I find that sweet spot where I really do a lot of research on the market to make sure it's something that I could improve on as the actual offer of the product. So I like bundling things, improving on what I'm giving to the customer, improving on the listing, just studying the competition and improving much better than them. So when I do launch with PPC, I really stand out. I'm not a me too product that looks like everyone else. So it already draws attention to people. That's what's different because if you go into something that's a product that everyone else is doing and you don't really differentiate or you just have a lower price or a slightly better image, PPC might not turn out so well because you're just kind of blending in. But I just to launch that way, you have to really make sure that you have something really special that attracts the customer. Okay. So you mentioned bundling before, like how do you decide what's involved in your research process to decide, Hey, this is a product that should go with this one. And I know I'm going to crush it. 
I basically find the main keyword and or the main three, uh, open up every single person that's doing well on the first page and just study the competition really, really well. I um, I look at the frequently bought together section. That's super, super important because that's Amazon's algorithm telling you like, hey, people are interested in this. Um, that's- did you know Helium 10 does that? Did you see that new feature? That's a brand new feature. No, I did not. We now have the, yeah, I figured that maybe it didn't, but you go to <laughs> Blackbox and on the very last tab is called product targeting. So you put in an ASIN right there and you know how frequently bought together sometimes changes throughout the month. You know, like yeah. one week it's this product, but there are two products usually, right? But then next week, Based on buyer behavior, it might be something different. So we actually have a history of all the ones like in the last 30 days that we've detected as frequently bought together. So using your technique, if somebody's wanting to the bundle, I said that's under product targeting because actually we we did that so that people can do product targeting PPC, right? It's like, hey, instead of just showing yourself on like products, show yourself on the frequently bought together ones, or we also show customer also bought. But Mm -hmm. I think using your strategy of bundles, that would also be a good way, right? You can have the visibility of, of all the different products that, that have come up for the frequently bought together. That's awesome. I didn't know you guys had that feature. Well, Less manual work. Yeah, well, we'll so, have to make a video for that. For yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> all right. So we talked about bundling. We've talked about PPC. We've talked about your launch. Let me just completely switch gears now. And something I'm sure you've noticed. What Was SellerCon your first conference or you've been to other Amazon conferences? Not. I've been to a lot of other conferences, not Amazon specific conferences. Though. Okay. I'm sure you noticed at SellerCon. There is a vast disparity as far as male versus female. You know, so many males are are in the Amazon world. So like I've talked to, I have a lot of, you know, friends that are women who have asked me because they see that, hey, I'm I'm doing Amazon. And the vibe I get, you can tell me if this is similar to you or not, the vibe that you've gotten. But sometimes they'll tell me, ah, you know, I don't know. I I I look at YouTube videos and I do this and, and I see it's mostly men, you know, who who are who are into you know, into Amazon and I'm not sure, is there a place for me? Have you, have you noticed that too? Like there's a a disparity and if so, like what kind of, you know, words of wisdom can you give to other aspiring female entrepreneurs? Um, Well, my, my personal like philosophy is that whatever you think in your mind is what you see. So whatever you expect is what you're going to get. So if you think that it's, there's no place for you in ABC. There won't be mm-hmm. a place for you in ABC. So I've never really personally, I haven't felt that I was just kind of doing what I wanted to do, what I felt mm-hmm. was right. And I have never had any setbacks with that um, situation, but I, I really think that people just need to really focus on themselves and literally ignore everything else that's going on. Like if you just, Focus on doing well, on progressing yourself, on just learning. And the only thing you should be thinking about is how you feel in a certain moment and just getting yourself to a happy state, knowing that there is a lot of opportunity in this and that male, female, animal, not animal. If you're 16 or like 70, it really Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. The thing is, it's an equal opportunity. You're going to get what you expect, what you put into it. So just be completely unconcerned with whatever else is going on around you and just do what you got to do. That's, that's great advice. Your particular niche or for your brand that you're in, is it kind of like equal, like for customer base, your customer avatar, is it something that's for men or women or it skews to one or the other? Uh, actually I have several. So my big brand skews to women and I did not do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, my other brands are definitely just for everyone, but I think that's also interesting because When it comes to Amazon, I did not go after a product I was quote unquote passionate about. That wasn't Mm -hmm. my, like, that wasn't my mindset going into it. My mindset was, let me just make a better offer for the customer in whatever product I may be, because I actually enjoy 
the whole um, Amazon business model itself, not necessarily the product. So any product for me is fun to scale and to kind of invent and see what I can make better out of it. Not necessarily one product, but I definitely think you have to know your um, customer, your avatar as well when you're doing that. That's for sure. Whatever it may be, but don't go into a product thinking that you have to do a specific one or that, okay, I'm not passionate about fishing. I'm not going to do something in the Mm -hmm. fishing niche because Honestly, it's just a product and people just overthink this too much. It's just a product. You can literally just go out of stock, never sell it again. You can find another one. I find winning products so often on Amazon. It just keeps growing and growing and less people are not putting in in enough effort as they should be. So there's definitely so much opportunity. And as long as you know how the business model works, eventually you will find success and it doesn't need to be in a specific product. Yeah. I think that's a great advice. You know, I've, I've taught that many times about, you can't always just do something you're passionate about. You know, like it's about going where the opportunity is like, maybe me, I'm obviously not passionate about some kind of women's makeup, right? I don't know anything about it, (laughs) but if for whatever reason, I find that's where the opportunity is. Well, what I need to do is I need to study all I can about it. And that's what I need to go after. Maybe I'm passionate about mason jars you know but there's probably it's probably saturated that doesn't mean i need to go i I need to go after it so it's a good point but if you can find the best of both worlds and that's great like maybe i am passionate about makeup Mm -hmm. all right uh maybe in a past life i was uh i was a makeup artist well if that's where the opportunity is i actually have a little bit of an advantage because it's like wow i know all about this already so it gives me a little advantage so like you know maybe for your first product you know it did help a little bit you know that you understood your avatar a little bit better you know if it was for women mm-hmm. but basically i think the moral of the story is don't don't just focus on that like if i love fishing i shouldn't be just like oh no i have to do a fishing product if i know nothing about fishing which i don't if that's where the opportunity is i need i need to focus on that so i think that's good advice now what about you know male female old young whatever what about people who are in your situation where they are, they went on some educational and career path completely different. They're a biology major. They're a chemistry major and they're having second guesses about, man, you know, do I want to continue on this path? I don't know if I, I invested hundred thousand dollars in my education for this. And now, you know, I see Amazon is a great opportunity. Like, what would you say to them? Like what motivated you? Because for every person like you who did take that leap and now you're doing great, there's probably five other people who have, who go through the same thought process, but they just stick with what they did because man, I invested so much and mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm not happy in this, but still, man, you know, this is what I got to do. I'm not going to make that leap. So what, what would you, words of wisdom would you say for people like that? I mean, I was in the same situation. I did not know that I was ever going to be in this place. And it's just, for me, the reason I even went into it is because I feel like I always had that type of personality and this is bringing me to exactly what I want to do something with a deeper purpose because now I can educate people and just having a bigger goal when it comes to this. So I knew what I was doing wasn't making me happy and wasn't going to make me happy in the long run. I knew that the skills that I had or wanted to have wasn't going to touch as many people as I wanted to touch in the future. Um, And to everyone else that's in the same situation, like that's life, right? But sticking to something that you don't enjoy or sacrificing something you do want to have really badly in the future is I think going to be the biggest mistake because in the long run, like I went to full four years of college, like countless of sleepless nights, you know, pre-med, you always have to keep your GPA up, everything. It was like lowest grade was a B, you know, it's Uh like putting in a lot of work and time and money and effort, but it's not what I wanted to do. So whether you lose a hundred thousand dollars, like at the end of the day, I know it it might be like a tough pill to swallow, but money is just money. If you even lose all your money in an Amazon product, 
literally you can Uber and earn your money back, get a job, earn it back. It's just, it's going to come back. What's not going to come back is the dream that you killed by not taking any, any action or actually pursuing it. So you just have to be a little bit, push yourself to step out and change your mindset around things and actually do something that you see will bring you to the right thing because you could be going up a ladder, but then at the end it's leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. And then what's the point of that? Then you've just lived your whole life and you said, I'm not where I ever want it to be. And that's in my opinion is like way more scarier than losing any money than losing your track or changing your, um, your path, your original path that you were on. That's great advice. So Karina, thank you so much for coming on here. It looks like you're well on your way to seven figures. So we're definitely going to reach out to you maybe beginning of next year and see how your, how your 2019 ended up. Now you mentioned you had Instagram and YouTube, I believe. So can you spell out how people can find you? Maybe they can contact you there if they had more questions. Yes. Well, my full name is Karina Molestova and, but my Instagram and YouTube handle is into a milli. So that's I N T O A M I L L I. Like, like, like into a million, but million is short. Ah, okay. Into a milli. I didn't, I didn't get it at first when I first saw really? the Instagram. Now, now it totally <laughs> makes sense. Okay. I thought it was pretty catchy, I guess. Yes. Now I was like, wait a minute, maybe this is her nickname or something like that. But now, now that you say it there, I'm, not, I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. So guys, if you have more questions for Karina, please reach out to her there and you'll visit her channel. And we're about to film some, some content for her channel. So you can see me on, on her channel on an upcoming video coming up soon. It should be really fun. And guys, I'm really active on my Instagram and YouTube. I'm very, very responsive to all questions. I love doing that. So just, yeah, send me a message if you have any questions. All right. Thank you, Karina, again for joining us.